welcome to Faith in the North. I'm Claire. And my name's Martin. We live in the Northeast and want to wrestle with faith and life. And we wanted to share with you the chats that we have about life and faith. So this is our podcast. We hope you find it helpful. Thanks for joining us as we continue our journey. Well, hello and welcome to our podcast. Hello. I thought I'd go first this time. I think I always go first. You mostly go first. There you go. Um, so it has been a week. This we're um, we're doing well. This is back to back. We did it last week and we're doing it this week. Yeah, it's the first time in a while. We're on a roll. We're on a roll. We found a little groove, a Wednesday morning groove yep. for two weeks. Anyway, um, so this week has mainly revolved around Romania. Yeah, it's been a busy it's week. A it's week been a of very Romanians. Busy week. Um, yeah. Wonderful Benny and Ankita. Yeah, or Anka. Anka, yeah. Anka. Generally, people call it Anka. I think that's because if you if the English say Ankuta, mm-hmm. it sounds like that has a different meaning than how the Romanians pronounce Ankuta. Okay. So they say uh, she prefers to say Anka, which they got. I learned that. Yeah, I like it. Um, so we hosted them. Uh, we've uh, spent a fair bit of time with them. Seem to have been a yeah. eaten a lot with them. I think. Yeah, it's been kind of back to back meals <laughs> this week. <laughs> Um, so um, Benny and Anka are our mission partners uh, over in Romania and they came, come across mm-hmm. for a rest, but I don't think it's been that restful, although they do say it has been. Uh, and they had a few firsts. The first was their first curry. Yep, you cooked a lovely curry which for I them. Which I cooked, which was quite a bit for the first experience of a curry. Yeah, they were kind of um, a bit bemused by everything that we put on the table, so yeah. kind of... Like, what that? is the the onion and coriander? What are the bhajis? What are the samosas? What is the naan I didn't bread? make those. I didn't make. I you, just made the curry. Didn't, you didn't make those. Okay. And then, um, and then Anka's going to live off this story of Saturday morning breakfast yep. um, for a long time. She was, I think, she's enjoyed telling the story here, and she's very much going to enjoy telling the story back in Romania. Yeah. Um. So the plan was that we'd go out for the. It was the ladies' breakfast. So um, Anka was going to go there. And I was going to take Benny for breakfast at the same time. So yep. uh, anyway, so the anchor gets there. The ladies' breakfast is... At Sammy's at, Cafe. Yeah, which <coughs> in the most generous terms is a farming hardware store. Yeah. With clothes and a coffee shop. Yeah. Uh, and she called it the men's store. Yeah. <coughs> so the ladies have breakfast the, uh, at breakfast She men's called it store. the tool store. The tool store and yeah. the men's store. The men's store, the, the tool store. And I took Benny to a lovely place called North Allerton Inn. Uh, really nice breakfast. Yeah, which is fabulous. And she walks in, um, having At finished her breakfast. At the end of breakfast. the breakfast. Yeah, having finished her breakfast, walks into our breakfast and was like, what is this place? We've been in the men's stop. <laughs> <laughs> the men's shop all morning. And she just couldn't, just totally bemused. Why would the ladies be there and we be somewhere fancy? Because it was fancy. Yeah. But anyway, that was, we don't choose where the ladies go for breakfast. Yeah. They seem to like it. Yeah. How you going? At the men's store. I would choose North Allen in, <laughs> hands down. But, um, they go to the men's store. Um, so, and I I think it was really interesting. Chat. It's the first time you've met them. I'd met them before. Mm-hmm. Um, it was interesting reflecting on their ministry, just their experience of ministry uh, in Constanza, um, and just the kind of the high cost of that ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they serve with little or no support from you know, anyone outside they are you know reaching out to the communities uh, going across to Ukraine every other week or every week um delivering you know aid you know there's they're busy people um and ministering in quite a challenging place 
um, quite a closed place, place not to Christianity, well, I guess um, because of the Orthodox Christianity, but to anything other than that. Yeah. Uh, it's quite a, uh, a different. I don't know if you had any reflections on your chats with them. Yeah, no, just, uh, just that it's quite hard. I think they hmm. they work really, really hard. Um, that it's not an easy environment. That yes, to be anything other than Orthodox is difficult and frowned upon. And that um, just talking to them that you can end up cut off from your whole family if you if you become an evangelical Christian. Yeah. If you leave the Orthodox Church, that's seen as a, a cardinal sin and you can be um, cut off from your family. So mm. their mission is really hard. Our mission here, it might be hard to witness and it might be um, hard to, to bring people into faith, but um, ultimately their life can go on as normal. Mm. Whereas in Romania, it's a hard sell because to to believe what they believe is to break away from mm. all that you've known to a degree. So, yeah. yeah, difficult, difficult. Yeah, really difficult. Um, but, you know, two people working out, and they also don't get a huge amount of support because the the church they run, the Bible school that they run, um, accepts women, and that's not particularly um, encouraged within their denomination, so they get ostracized a little bit as a, as a ministry couple uh, in that area and reaching out to poor communities with no money, mm. no resources. Um, I mean, interestingly enough, you said every church they plant, the pastor there works and has a job, and that's how they support the ministry. Yeah. You, know, you do a job and then you become uh, you're, you're the Can pastor. Can you imagine doing a job on top of being yeah. the pastor? I mean... Yeah, I don't know. What would I do? Yeah, be a builder. A builder? Is yeah. that what you think? Is yeah. that just because everywhere we go at the moment there's everywhere builders? Everywhere we go is builders. <laughs> is that all I can think about, obviously, is building? <laughs> just builders everywhere. High-vis. We live in a high-vis area. Um, yeah, builder. It's interesting because uh, there's a sustainability to that model, um, mm. certainly in church planting, the, the established church. You know, I'm expensive. You know, yeah. Staff and we're expensive. Uh, and, you know, it's great because we have... By supporting me, ministry, I've got the time and energy and the capacity mm. to do it, um, uh, and that's a real joy and a blessing. But um, I think I need to be thankful for that because you know, without it, you know, to hold down another job to do something else, you know, so much of my job is headspace. It's connect, you know, and I don't know how you do that if mm. I'm, you know, if you're busy working somewhere to to foot the bills. But also, it puts you where people are, though, doesn't it? You know, I can yeah. get quite isolated because. I'm always in the building, I'm always in around Christians. Yeah. You know. I remember uh, was it, I think it was when maybe when Jacob was um born, we'd gone to the hospital and sat down with someone and I was just I had to catch myself because we didn't pray before the meeting. Oh, you were sat with the midwife. <laughs> and it was like, oh my God, I've just been around Christians too much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> too many Christian meetings. That. So it was like, oh, what? A, why don't we pray? It yeah. was like, no, because that's not what everyone else does. So it was yeah. just, I can get into that. I'm just always around Christians. Um, and that would force you not to be. Mm. So I don't know. I think I'm, I don't want to do myself out of a paycheck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was also just uh, kind of impressed upon me that... Um, in Romania, there's still a lot of poverty. Mm. The anchor was saying that people will turn up to Sunday um, church beautifully dressed, like, all kitted out, but they'll go home to no running mm. water, no electricity. So it, it you know. Yeah. In a cold place. Yeah, 
It isn't like it is here. No. Um, there is still a huge amount of poverty. Yeah. Um, and that just, yeah, just made me aware. And it made me aware for, obviously, we're going in March um, on a mission trip there. And, yeah, it made me aware of, like, oh, okay, this is, mm. this is maybe going to be a culture shock. Yeah, there's elements of that, isn't there? Mm. Yeah. Um, cool. Any other Romanian reflections? The chocolate's nice. The chocolate's nice. Yeah. Um, but um, but yeah. So they're flying back um tomorrow morning, I think. So they're heading down to yeah. Luton Mill. But it's been fantastic. Yeah, it's been a really really great and great really week. good to see them interact with so many people in church. Yeah, um, I hope we didn't exhaust them. No, I don't think so. Well, I don't know. They're very polite. <laughs> <laughs> they're very polite. I don't think they would say if they were. Um. I think it's going, we're re- I, I think there was kind of a list of books we're reading, so we wanted to do like a reading slot. That's what you said. Yeah, oh, we haven't done Weather Watch. Uh, weather Watch. It is rainy. Yeah, it's stormy, it's rainy, trampolines are being blown down. And oh, it's just so muddy. Yeah, especially like, living on a building site. Yeah, we do. Look, so every time you drive up, you just throw more mud. I've been cycling, and every time I cycle, I'm just covered in mud, and my jacket's I covered in mud. I don't know what I do. I seem to walk to the car and back and get filthy. Like, yeah. my boots are completely um, muddy all the way up the back. So Sam was in the car this morning, and I said, Sam, you put dirty trousers on. And he said, no, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't. He's like, yes, you haven't. He's like, I don't think you did, actually. I think you just... You just got in the stepped car. <laughs> ...stepped out of the house <laughs> into the car and seemed to get mud all over his trousers because um, he was adamant he'd yeah. put them on clean. But um, We have a lovely, shiny, new-build house, but outside the house <laughs> is still a building site. Still a building site. And first of all, problem saying. Yeah. Sure. Let's not go on about it too much because that feels uh, a bit of a juxtaposition to <laughs> the stuff <laughs> we've been thinking about. Um, but yeah, weather watch. Um, and it doesn't seem to be abating. It's just drizzle. And yeah, grey and drizzly this morning. But hey-ho. And um, books. We've been reading some books. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been reading some books. You've been reading some books. So what did we do? We've been reading one together, but you're a little bit ahead of me, which is... Knowing God by J.R. Packer. And what's your... Because you've, you've read, done the reading. I haven't done it. Yeah. So what's the chapter on? Can you remember? Uh, it's the incarnate God. Wow, okay. Yeah. Um, and it's all about, not to get too heavy, but it's about um, kenosis and whether or not Jesus emptied himself of his godness to become a baby, which is quite a popular yeah. take on um, understanding the incarnation. Um, but J.R. Packer well and truly refutes this and says that Jesus, that he states, he quotes a you know, number of chapters and passages um, to back himself up. But um, he says that there's no way this is the case, that Jesus has to remain fully God mm. and fully man, that there is no emptying himself. He empties himself of the glory and the pomp of of being a God, of being right. God. Um, but he doesn't empty himself of any of the God, Godness. And yeah, okay. um, he remains fully God. However, um, because he is the son, kind of not the father, the father is still the one who reveals or allows or permits certain things. So the father is kind of restricting his mm. perhaps knowledge of what is to come. Um, so... It's interesting. I don't know if I entirely 
uh, go along with everything J.I. Packer says. He's very determined on some things. Like there's a the whole yeah. thing about um, idol worshipping and not having any images of... You shouldn't have any images of God or Christ. And then he doubles down in, it in a revision. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah. And he's very... Sort of he's very <laughs> theological. Um, there are no anecdotes in the book. <laughs> there are no... Um, yeah, there's there's no references to any experience <laughs> or a funny story or, or just, you know, references to anything that happens in his life. It's just pure theology from start to finish and I'm finding it I'm finding it a bit of a challenge it's a slog so we read our two chapters a week because we're, we're reading it for our book group um but it is it's yeah, you've mm. got to really just apply yourself right now I'm going to read this it's not an easy read no. um would I recommend it at this stage do you know what? I wouldn't recommend no. it um I wouldn't recommend it as a read um but maybe as I get further through it maybe I will recommend it but we'll see. But it was my choice for book group, so I can't say, all right, let's not let's not keep going with it. Yeah. I kind of have to. But I think it is. It's going to be hard work. Maybe yeah. two chapters is too much. Yeah, but otherwise it's going to take us forever <laughs> to get through it. <laughs> yeah, so I'm reading that, and I'm reading On Renewal on Spiritual Direction, mm. um, which I'm just reading kind of a chapter now and again, and that's a lovely um, light book. On Renewal has a lovely gentle style mm. he does intersperse very much so with stories and anecdotes um it's still quite serious but um but it's it's a he he is a yeah and theologically author. quite diverse so jared packer's ultra conservative yeah and renewance uh, liberal uh, ish yeah. yeah yeah would you not say uh there's nothing theologically I disagree. No, but just they're, they're, but out, then they're I'm very probably quite liberal. So very different yeah. outlooks um, on things. Um, and then I'm reading um, the Culture Code: Secrets of Highly Successful Groups, mm, um, which isn't a Christian book, is it? No, no, it's not a Christian book, but it's pretty much all anecdotes and stories. Oh, okay, I like that. So you might get along with it. And I, there was one that really um, can I can I'm allowed to just share one? Yeah, share for. Um, yeah. So it was a guy. I'm going to paraphrase. I'm going to try my best. I'm not great at recalling things. He was a Harvard psychologist and came up with a study, uh, went to a public school and just said, I've got this test where I can uh, prove or I can demonstrate the 20% of the school that are highly achieving people. They mm. might not demonstrate it in their uh, exams, but these are highly successful people. And I want to do this test mm -hmm. uh, and then see if we, if we find them, you can invest in them. And then a year's time, we'll see what their life is mm -hmm. like. Um, so he does this test uh, and finds, gives the school this list of the 20% mm -hmm. in the school that are these. He calls it something like uh, the child with unusual potential for intellectual growth. These are the children with yeah, okay. just like the special kids. Um, anyway, he does this. He goes away, comes back in a year's time. And that 20%, these um, children with unusual potential have increased their scores by mm -hmm. you know double what anyone else is doing um uh, and you might you when i told you the story you knew where i was going and um, because it turns out it was all just random mm -hmm. like the whole thing was random the test was random there was no rhyme or reason to it but these kids did do better mm. not because they had potential but because the teachers invested in them differently and it said that the teachers were warmer and kinder to them said the teachers gave them more input, gave them feedback, positive. So it was, the real test was on mm. the teachers because, you know, there was nothing special about the kids. Um, 
but they invested differently in them because they thought they had this potential. Mm. Um, and it was just a, it was a really interesting reflection on teams, on how investment works, how um, people work. I think it, I don't know how. Um, moral it is i was good just as you were saying it i'm thinking you know what i'm not 100 percent sure about the ethics of this i did psychology (laughs) for a level and we talked a lot about ethics and psychology and i'm not sure it was particularly ethical because you are um kind of predetermining that some kids (laughs) will do well and will get better attention but from a study point of view i found it really interesting and thinking it was 1965 1960 there was a lot of unethical studies zimbardo unethical studies um i think um how how do we do that in our life are the people that we invest in and conversely people that we don't invest in Mm. and if we were to you know just think about how we how we treat people mm. maybe outcomes will be different yeah and you see that um i see that with people you invest more in probably people you connect with and you like or mm. that you if you're also honest people who you think you might get something back yeah um so there's yeah. a skew to those things um and i know at school it's like some teachers just like you yeah so you do it some teachers just take a dislike to you yeah Yeah. and there's some kids they don't like some kids they do um and that can be random as well um but it does (coughs) i think what it just shows to me is how much a teacher's um engagement or a good teacher Mm. can transform your life um and that's the difference isn't it yeah and we notice that with our kids if they if they get often they're getting on with the subject because they like the teacher yeah and they don't yeah. like if they don't like the subjects nearly always because they don't like the teacher. Yeah. Um and that's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, why is that? Because that shouldn't be. It should be that yeah, all you know, we can all inspire. It's a shame, us. but it's inevitable. Yeah. You're gonna get teachers that just you don't have click with. Mm. Um and that's that's hard. You're also gonna get bad teachers. You're mm. gonna get good teachers. Um, there you go. So that was that book. And then probably your deepest illogical book that you're reading is are you looking blank? The Shining. The Shining. <laughs> 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 yeah. Which is an odd choice because we've had <coughs> deep theology, spiritual direction. Yeah. Um, and horror. And horror. Which I'm reading with Sam. Yeah. Um, so he's desperate to read it. We're, we're big fans of the movie. and um, But you do skip a few scenes. I, yes. Actually, I do need to say that. There are scenes I fast forward because... They're vastly inappropriate for Sam, but for the for the most part, um, it's just a good scary film. Um, but yeah, we're reading the book together. Stephen uh, King. Stephen King. I wonder how close the book is to the film. I think it's mm. really, really different. Do you? Yeah, I think it's really mm. different. Stephen King, um, yeah. eventually uh, cut all ties with the making of the uh, film did, because he? he disapproved so much of the what it had done the line that Stanley Kubrick was going down. Uh, there we go. There you go. Um, yeah, I don't know where to go from The Shining. There's no I don't segue. I people saw you yeah. like, walking down the street and they go, ah, she wouldn't be the sort of person who would yeah. be reading The Shining. But yeah. who knows? Yeah. Um, Jaws is another favourite film. Yeah. And Me and Sam well. love Jaws and I've read the book. Is the book any good? It's really good. There's a little, ch- there's a couple of chapters in the middle that I, I got a bit lost with but um for the most part it's a good book it's not it's not quite like the film it's one of those things it the film is better than the book and then also i'm doing reading for college deep reading oh my goodness you can't you can't get your head around it so it's all about how well this week it's all about how paul uses 
temple imagery you know did jesus become the temple was he a substitution was it i mean oh my goodness if you thought jr packer this is next level is it stuff and, and you keep trying to convince me that i should do the ma and yeah, then i see knows? you drowning in all of this reading and i'm not so sure it's um it's for uh, me it's, yeah i don't know i mean i kind of read it is like was it a substitution was it a replacement and i kind of get to the end and think ah oh, i don't think i really <laughs> i don't know if it matters <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah it may be but there's so little of it we d- i don't know anyway that's just me being like can uh, you write that in an essay? Yeah. And like I just start with that? Like, I don't really think this matters. But then people stop. seem to think it does matter because... But there's so little... I don't know, it's really... And scripture's like that, isn't it? We do, we'll, it's like reading one part of a transcript of a conversation. We don't know the other side of the conversation. We don't know what Paul's replying to. Mm. Um, so you can get skewed so many ways. So it, it is a... Yeah, just having gone back into theological education, it just... I'm left thinking, hmm... Mm. Yeah, just hmm. Anyway, I'll leave that hmm hanging. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, um, and then Christmas is coming. Yeah, I mean, so North Allerton High Street looks absolutely beautiful. The mm. lights this year are lovely. Um, drove down there last night. Um, do you know what? All right, this is completely by the by. But North Allerton puts its street lights on a lot earlier than everywhere yes. else what I've looked. No, not t- not days-wise. Ah. Time of day. So uh, one thing that's always bothered me is the lights ne- never come on till kind of five, six o'clock, which by which point all of the school children have kind of missed them. Uh-huh. Whereas North Allison seemed to put its lights on a good bit earlier in the they're day. They're on all the time. I don't. Are they on all the time? I'm not sure. Maybe anyway, maybe the they're even on all the time. All the time. Um, which just makes everybody more cheery yeah it's not just on late because what's the point in them coming on at night time mm. when everybody's kind of finished on the high street um, no I think you know what I think maybe they're on all day mm. I'll check go. today so um, that's the sorry that's no, a good point putting Christmas um, plans um, into action um, what are we doing we're I don't know are we we often have pizza on Christmas day we do which has become our little yep um, pizza followed by Christmas pudding or what yeah. As a family, we a call pizza fire and pudding. All the trimmings, like yeah. we'll have, and we'll have pigs and blankets. <laughs> Not on the pizza. Not on the pizza. Just as like a, a side. So we might do that. Mm. It's become. I think also just you do it, and there's like there's not a kitchen full of washing up to do afterwards. Yeah, which is really nice. Um, and then we might go up to Newcastle. We'll probably go up to Newcastle, um, and then lots of entertainment stuff going on, church stuff going on around. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, Christmas presents nearly all organised for the kids. Yeah. Ish. Ish, the main ones, but then it's always it's all the it's all the little things and the stockings and mm. take a bit of the time. Yeah. Um. Okay. So there we, I didn't preach on Sunday. Benny preached. Um. I always it's hard talking about someone else's sermon, but I guess that's what you do. That's what I do every week. Every week you talk yeah. about my sermon, and I guess there was a couple of things. One thing you wanted to pick up on, and I think one thing I did. So your one was. You're looking blank. Okay, now I'm looking blank. No, Sorry. there you go. It says it there. Yeah, that's what I wrote down. Ah, it was um, calling. Yes. We knowing go. your call and, um, yeah, knowing where that goes. Why did that connect you with you? Oh, that's, um, so Benny's kind of calling, calling us out into the town, out into the villages, mm. um, and this kind of connected with um, what I'm doing on my Growing Leaders course, which is 
this week was all about last last Tuesday was all about call as I mentioned last Wednesday um and I'm just wondering what does that specifically mean like what is God individually calling us to do God might be calling us corporately all to get out into the villages into the towns but what jobs does that mean we do um what ministries do we get involved in and I I don't know about everybody else but I think it can be quite hard to know where you fit to what um to what ministry you get involved in to what is your call you know is it your call to help in the toddler group is it uh, is it to go out and serve you know hot drinks to passers-by is it is it to work in you know the the living rooms is, you know where what is what is your call? How do you discern that? Well, I guess, what do you mean by it? What is a calling? Yeah, so I think I'm thinking, we're, we're generally, we're all called. We're, you know, we're so all you're calling called. about like have a purpose or a role? But or I a think I'm talking about um, what roles are we called to? Yeah. I think that's it. What, like the specifics, the personal calls. And I don't think necessarily we have like a one-off call. Like, um, like for example you're called to be a pastor hmm. that you've it's it's been evident that you have a call on your life to pastor and that's quite a specific call but it's also kind of a an overriding it's it, it's kind of over other things um but what specifically hmm. as part of your role as pastor are you called to get involved in? Evolves, are you called to do? It does evolve. Oh, know? it definitely so evolves. Things that I did when I was in Cambridge, I don't do now and things. Yeah. Yeah, so it does evolve. I guess, so we can over-spiritualize it. Mm-hmm. So there's an over-spiritual, I've, I've got to wait for God to audibly <laughs> say go and sure. do that. Um, so I think it is a hard thing to understand because we spiritualized it. And it mm. is a spiritual thing, but it's also a actually what's God put in front of me what opportunities do I have what gifts do I have it can be quite a practical connection of I said this is who I am this is what I can do there's a need I can solve it and that can be just as um spiritually fulfilling and calling ish Mm. as someone saying God's told me I need to go and reach street children in Sao Paulo you know it's like you know those things aren't graded i don't think no. and i think how do we not over spiritualize it because i think we all have calls on our life and they evolve and they change you know but the ultimate call is that we're called to live out our faith aren't we yeah um, but how that manifests itself but just identifying like am i supposed to be the person who serves the teas and coffees on a sunday in church i would say not on again i'm i'm struggling with the over spiritualizing it because i really don't mean that in my language but um but how how do you identify kind mm. of that's where you should be putting your time, your mm. energy, um, or is it something else that you're supposed to be doing? Yeah. Um, it's interesting as a church, how do we help people navigate <sighs> their call? How do we yeah. help people navigate or just to use less spiritualizing language, just what they do, what they find serve, how they find yeah. their place? Um, so I'm, yeah, that's something. So yeah, specifically... It, when Benny talks about getting in the community, hmm. how do we, how do we work out what it is that we hmm. do? Because you can talk in general terms about let's get out in the community, let's w- witness within the villages, but for just you know, 
those of us sitting in the congregation on a Sunday morning thinking, well, how on earth do I do mm. that? Um, what is it that I do? I think it's quite difficult. Mm. I think that's, yeah, just... And place as well. So what I think, also what I heard from Benny was this reaching out. And I, that connected a bit with me with, I've got this fear of larger churches that we just suck all the life out of the towns around, villages mm. around us. And I think we have this responsibility as the gathered community to then release people back out into the community around us. And mm. so how do we encourage people to serve in church life, but also serve in their own communities? Because so many people in North Allerton isn't their community. They live in yeah. a village somewhere else. There's, yeah. on there, you know, there's people around them there. But we draw all the energy into mm. um, our burning. And I think that's been on my mind for a while. And I think God's been you know, putting on my heart, really, just this... Mm. And I've had a number of chats with people about how they feel called to a villages or a place around North Allerton, not North Allerton. Mm. Um, and how do we have a bigger understanding of serving that isn't just serving in church life, but serving in our community life? Um, otherwise, we just keep resourcing a machine, you know, and kind of the big the big church machine. Um, but um, but yeah, so that uh, that w- so that resonated a bit with me. Um, yeah, sure. So it's calling and place. Where's our place? Where's and I think th- I think the leadership need to lead on that. I think maybe some of the rest of us get our leading about how we could serve from the um, yeah. you know the prayerful thought through mm. from the leadership team, and mm. um, but also it might not come from the leadership team. It might come from an individual who yeah. just senses this is where I could serve, yeah. and but then needs empowered to do that. And there's got to be joy in service. I think what I what I've my experience with church life is or has can be people do something because they think there's a need they get you know they think they get cross about it because they don't really want to be doing it but no one's doing it so I've got to do it and yeah. you get sort of or someone's asked them to do it and they can't say no um but there's no joy in it mm. you know and what happens is after a few years I get fed up and cross and had enough of it and you know, possibly even leave the church over it because like, well, no one appreciated all the sacrifices yeah. that I did. But, you know, the other reality is some people really might love to do that. Mm. They wanted to do it, but they didn't see the need because that other person was doing it. So your motives are really important. So mm. serving motives, if you're just serving out of a, just a pure obligation and you're, you know, because no one else does it and I've doing mm. it, then it can become a, just doesn't work. Yeah. You might as well call it early because it won't work. It's got to come from a pint of joy. And service should be joy. It should be. You know, and I meet people all the time. It's like, this is, you know, the best part of the week was doing this because mm. it was there, it fitted, you know, in their gifting and their, um, where they thought God was calling them. Yeah, so mm. call comes with a sense of joy? Yeah, I think so. Yeah? Not obligation. There's something, like in my job, I, there's something I just have to do because yeah. um, it's part of the job and I don't yeah. want to do it. That's the last thing I want to do, but I have to do it. For most people, you know, if you're serving in church life, I think it should be joyful. Mm. Otherwise, I don't think it works. You just you're kidding yourself that you know because it you're just mm. will either you'll give up or you'll just resent it. Yeah, that's interesting. Not that I want everyone to stop. <laughs> 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 no, no. But it, honestly, I think I would rather us be realistic and struggle than. And I've always said this: I don't want to build the back. I don't want to build the church on the back of broken families, on obligation, on mm. negativity, because that can, you know, we just we might have accomplished something, but at what cost? Um, 
Anyway, a posi- that's not a, that's not a very positive note. I guess what's let's just finish on a little positive note. Um, finding our calling, finding um, where God's leading us, and that that's something I guess you're reflecting on. Yeah, you know, where definitely. God's calling you. But interesting this week, um, there's a a ministry that I've been debating whether that needs to be um, started, and just really just really struggling to kind of get my head mm. around it. And then yesterday you mentioned another ministry to me, mm. and it was just like oh wow yeah i want to do that and i think i think calling kind of comes with that mm. that sense of yeah wow i you know i want to do that mm. and we've just got to you know prayerfully hope that god pe- puts people in the right places mm. and brings to their heart the things that they could do for him there we go we've gone a little bit over okay yeah. but um, it's good good to chat and thank you for joining us this week and god bless take care bye bye